This is Alpha Geek Radio. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Today on Casually Hardcore, get your 10-man on in the new Hearthstone adventure. Prepare to die stylishly in Necropolis. Perception versus reality in new gamer study. Rock band rebirth, man. New adventures trailer is crazy packed with goodness. More crazy with crazy moon time. All that and new arrow and other TV to talk about on this episode of Casually Hardcore. Alive, it's alive, it's alive! Do not panic, ladies and gentlemen. Come along with us, for the casuals are here and we are taking control. This is Casually Hardcore, live at alphageekradio.com. For Sunday, the 8th of March, 2015, this is yet another new Casually Hardcore, and I am Gnomewise. I am Dexa. And I'm Grail. Yay! So many weeks in a row, I'm so proud of us. I know. <laughs> what? What? It's almost like we're not reliable or something. <laughs> For a while there, life was doing lifey things at the end of last year, and it's cool to have used superior technology to overcome obstacles. That's yeah, right. Like nerds so do. True. That's how we roll. Yeah. But anyway. Um, into the land of television, as is our want when we're kicking things off. Um, Wait, I, I had a question first. Sure. Because I, I make our show sheet. Show sheet. Our show sheet. Show sheet. I, I make our show sheet. Yes. <laughs> and then you add stuff to the show sheet. Yes. Show sheet. <laughs> what the hell does crazy moon time refer to? <laughs> So you wouldn't know because you're an Arizonan, and we are normal here. Oh, okay. Now I know what you're Got talking it. about. And we don't do stupid... Crazy moon time. Got like it. two century ago <laughs> useful things that are now no longer relevant and are only annoying and have been mathematically proven to be a drag on the economy um, rather than a boost. So yeah, I'm referring here to daylight saving time, mm -hmm. which the U.S. just went on this morning at 2 a.m., so, or is it large, the majority portion of the U.S.? So Arizona sits this one out, so we stay, but all of you shift around us. To further complicate matters, the EU and UK don't go on their daylight saving time routine for a couple more weeks. Oh, so they're an hour off of all of us as well. So just screws everything up, does almost nothing useful, and just, I can't understand your crazy moon time. Got it. So if you're not tuning in on time, uh, I blame the government <laughs> as well, as we all should. So I had a fun... Isn't it funny that Arizona is actually doing something right? Something forward-looking, I know, geez. <laughs> but, but of course, it was achieved by not doing something. So right. Of course, of course. We're right in our wheelhouse. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a healthy disrespect for your, uh, for your politicians is not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> But I digress. 
so I had a, an internet uh, TV entertainment uh, perfect storm moment yesterday. Um, killing time, browsing Reddit, and someone in one of the subreddits just threw up a notification saying, oh, by the way, if you didn't notice, Archer Vice has just shown up on Netflix US. Oh, okay, cool. So I went from being completely unaware of its presence to finishing its binge watch in less than nine hours. Nice. Because I immediately I, I, I immediately stopped. Oh, okay. I'm like, what? I yeah. immediately Got stopped it. doing everything else, shifted over to Netflix, and began watching the moment that I became aware of it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, for those of you who, like I, uh, have cut the cable and have not used other means to get caught up on Archer... Uh, one more season is available via Netflix. I highly recommend picking one up if you have the means. It is so choice. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, it it was overall a really strong season. It was really yeah. neat also because it was a total shift from what they had done the previous ones. But they were so on their game. Like, yeah. it, that could have gone horribly, horribly wrong. This was the whole cocaine season, right? This was co- yeah. Cookie Monster. This, uh, this was... Um, and then Charlene and her, sing- her singing career. career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good times. And the tiger, and yeah, it was, it was ep- epic. The, the fact that they had Pam eating the cocaine. Yeah. Yes. Like, well, yeah. I'm like, pretty sure that's not how cocaine works. Well, whatever. <laughs> it works if you're that into it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, lots of good, <laughs> lots of good bits throughout. Are, are we not doing phrasing anymore? Right. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah. So if you're if you're you have no idea what we're talking about, uh, Archer is a very adult uh, animated show on the FX network, uh, Fox's all grown up cable cable only network. Um, it's a weird spy drama set in no particular era so you have this weird mix of smartphones and old motorola brick phones and ancient vehicle technology and super modern space technology they deliberately do not place it in any particular time right um but i don't know it's it's difficult to describe it must be seen to be understood uh but can 10 out of 10 can recommend yes um, in, Absolutely. In the land of our regular TV shows, we uh, got a new episode only of Arrow this week. Yeah. Yes. Which a weird, I'm not sure what preempted Flash, but we're in the one of those weird, this is one of the things I find really annoying about modern American television is they're con- constantly finding new ways to break up seasons unexpectedly. Yeah. So you'll get the first mostly half of a season and then pretty regularly in, in the after January, you'll get... A few weeks of new episodes, and then another break, and then a few more, and it's really a stuttered release of new content. Um, annoying. Yeah, I don't know. Is the flash on? Was it off this previous week as well, or did they have a new episode? No, I didn't. I've seen nothing come. I mean, I, I consume yeah. via Hulu, and, and ours is Amazon, and I saw nothing come down. Mm-hmm. We checked on like Thursday, mm. and I did not have a new one. Yeah, so. well, and Supernatural crazy. was off too, so yeah. maybe there. CW may just be break across yeah. the board, taking a, a week or two off. Yeah, I mean they got they got a lot of irons in the fire. We'll talk about more later in the show. But Arrow, um, 
Um, but we also we were able to this week uh, Agents of Shield pick back up. Yes. So uh, let's we'll let's let's that put that well, let's put that one actually yep. up front here. Um, so I'm curious what impression you came away with on the, the mid season premiere. Um, it huh. was it was okay. Yeah, I would have to agree that it was okay. I. I, I see what they're doing with in and in which direction they're taking people like um, Fitz and Simmons. I get there's you know now they're putting something else in between them that they're going to be at odds with. I just I don't think it makes sense. Well, I yeah, think we, I think we've seen about half of the story at this point. It felt like a very incomplete episode. Yeah. Yes. Um, laying a lot of groundwork because massive change to Sky and they've got. Um, Fitz basically conspiring to hide information about her genetic mutation from the rest of the team. Well, because of the way Simmons is acting. Partially. Simmons has gone off the reservation, anti-everything alien. uh, Because, well, people around her dying horribly because of uh, things beyond comprehension. So she's, she's not dealing well. Oh well, yeah. Um, and and Sky is there, like, hey, yeah. I, I'm one of those things you hate now. Great, and you have me locked up in this isolation room and could kill me at the moment's notice. I feel really good. Mm-hmm. So real quick though, I do need to point out we are technically still in the Gilligan period of this episode. Uh, that's true. Uh, so I don't know how we can either just preempt this with tons of like this is going to be spoiler filled. Well, no, so far we haven't talked about anything that wasn't right nope. in the trailer. So yep. Um, so we'll, I don't know we'll how far it, we no, want we'll to go we'll into give, it. We'll give it the Gilligan period, but um, it was very much I, a, a groundwork-laying episode, yeah, I think. I guess, I mean, and I'll, I'll give my, this is a non-spoiler impression. My biggest problem, I think, still with the show is they the most interesting characters are the ones that they don't seem to focus on at all, or mm. they, like, lose the focus of. Like, for me... Ward became one of the most interesting characters. And, and now he's off, off screen a lot. He's off screen now all this yeah, entire episode. You're not sure what even happened to him. Uh, there's no resolution there. Right. Uh, you know, Kyle McLaughlin's character is very interesting, and he's barely in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those they, are the they, ones. They gave that, Coulson a lot to do. I'll give him that. They did. Um you know, I think Min, Min Lee is also an interesting character, yeah, and I mean, she, they don't go too far into her stuff either, because she's kind of the rock-established one. Right. So We'll see. We'll talk about it more next week, then. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah, like you said, it's, it's, it was okay. it's okay, and maybe they can make something good out of it, but it totally was just yeah. groundwork. I, I want to see the other half of the story, because this yeah. one seemed very... Cliffhangery and and just it felt like it wasn't it was unfinished. Yep, should have been a two hour uh, you know return I think. So Arrow, we had interesting developments on the um, annoying half sister front um, and how she relates to Daddy um, by basically selling his ass out to save well, her own much. skin. Yeah, I mercy. I gotta say, like, I love this episode of Arrow. Mm-hmm. I thought it hit a lot of big things right off the bat, and you know, I'm always happy that they don't tend to drag out things that I think are stupid. Yeah, <laughs> or at least uh, that could become annoying. Like, and the whole thing of Thea being the one 
who found out the previous episode while they were on the island that she was, in fact, the person who slew Sarah, even though she was under mind-control drugs. Uh, that could have... And she was feeling guilty, and she'd expressed the felt she felt guilty, and everybody told her, don't tell Laurel. Yeah. <laughs> and what does she like, do? And that, But that could have been easily a five, six episode yes. dragged out thing, and yeah. then Laurel stumbles into the information. No, she just was like... Yeah, I can't live with this. I'm, I'm telling tell Laurel. Laurel. <laughs> I'm telling Laurel, and then I'm going after the person who caused it all. Yeah, I'm going to also, you know, yeah, basically set up my dad and let them know exactly where he is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell Laurel, and Laurel's going to have a reaction of, I don't blame you for it. I think, but Malcolm needs to die. Right. And then in typical stupid Laurel fashion, she decides, I'm going to go try to beat down Malcolm, <laughs> Malcolm. Merlin. Yeah. He has proven to be, if not equal, maybe even a step ahead still of Oliver Queen in right. terms of fighting ability. And she couldn't even beat the, the thug on the street. Yeah, and yeah. she probably gets her <laughs> ass kicked, Whoops. which was awesome. And oh, would have been worse if it wasn't for the for League of Talia, Assassins. Or, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Talia? That's her name. Yeah. Al Ghul? Talia Al Ghul. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I was, you know, it was one of those, like, what are you doing? And then it's like, okay, well, thank God. At least it played out the way it should play out with Malcolm Merlin being like, you suck. <laughs> well, it, it, I liked the episode very much, but it ended in a very tropey place that I kind of saw coming. Yeah. Um, well, I mean,. I'm happy again. This is where I'm happy with it. I'm happy that he didn't go to uh, Nandan Pardat or whatever it's Nandan called. Pardot. Nandan Pardat. Whatever. And uh, after his, you know, training montage on the island, suddenly <laughs> defeat Rob. Now he's all, yeah. Now he's better after you know two they weeks. They go of and training. assault this place and immediately get caught. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, that was, was awesome. It was all a part of the overarching plan. Right. But I mean, again, they're sticking to their guns that like you are, you know, haha, you're out of your league with the League of Assassins. Yes. Like you are not you and Diggle going on an assault on uh, this place yes, is not isn't going to work. Yes. And yeah, you got a little far, but they pretty much probably just let you get that far because they had a trap waiting for you. Right. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the fact that they do show that you're not invincible and no. that if you really want to defeat something, it's going to take. More than, you know, one person to right. do it. Even, you know, super badass, trained assassin, vigilante type and sure. and government agent type guy. But, uh, yeah, it does end that... Two against an army, though. I mean, come on. I guess an army of, of freaking assassins. Yes. Assassins, right. exactly. Right. So, but it, it ends up with the... I've merely been uh, shaping you as my replacement speech by uh, Roz. Yeah. It's like, really? This is the one you're going for? Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm well. Like I said, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. I thought it was uh, a good, a good, tr- you know, a good place to go with it because the alternatives for them getting out of there, I would have been way, dubious. way worse of a feeling towards. Yeah, it would have been very dubious for them to actually make it out of. There, alive. Oh yeah. Own with just right. them two. I mean, they would have taken some help from the entire Argus. No, there would have needed to be some kind of MacGuffin in there that they were yeah. secretly had behind the scenes that saved their asses at the last second. No, that that part, I don't have as big an issue with it. Just I think what I'm railing against 
was the already constructed image of who and what Ra's al Ghul is. And in no iteration of this character we've ever been presented with before, was he ever anything like someone who would ever pass the torch? This is the guy who goes into a Lazarus pit at the end of every life so he can come back and never die and never let go of power. So how do you know he's really doing it? He said it. Yes, he said it, but how do you know he's really doing it? Why wouldn't he just kill him then? He's got him him dead to rights. They always seem to come up with things that I don't think about. So maybe he's got some convoluted plot going that we don't know about. Yeah, I mean, and or it could even be that this is actually the direction they're taking the character. But he's all tired and wants to pass it on to a worthy successor. Yeah, more often than not, though, Arrow has taken even a cliched storyline and made it fresh to where I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on this one and see where it goes. Um, because you're also left, you know, one of the other neat parts of the episode for me was the fact that he kept saying, I have to go save Merlin because I can't let Thea become a killer. Like she, she right. hasn't right. killed anybody knowingly let. And this is basically not only is she killing somebody, but she's killing her father. Right. And that's going to screw with her for a long time. And everybody's like, well, that's not really a good reason. And it's not until Biggle finally calls him out on it and says, what are you really doing this for? And he goes, I'm I'm basically shell shocked. I got my ass kicked so badly by this guy. I can't function right now as the arrow until I get some sort of redemption. Yeah. And so I'm curious to see where they go with that as well because he basically flat out admitted like I'm I'm lost right now. And well, yeah, he got his butt whooped. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't even there wasn't even any doubt. I mean, it was he was playing with him half the time. Right. And the yeah. fight lasted what like a minute? Yeah. It was yeah. it was it was soundly defeating. Yes, yes right. absolutely. So I enjoyed that. Um, you're also left with Thea in her, you know, I must tell the world that I shot Sarah. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> opening the door to Talia's cage after they had caught her and giving her a sword and saying, by the way, I'm the one who actually killed Sarah. And you're kind of left with that as a cliffhanger dun, dun, dun. as well. Yeah. Right. I think she's not called Talia in this in this iteration. She's it's, not. It's a, she's an, called something it's else. An N but... name. Nah, nah, I don't know. Nancy. Um, but yeah, the, the the daughter character. She put, right. puts her at her mercy and says, "Malcolm pulled the strings, but I was the one that that pulled the the bow, and yeah. I'm responsible for her death." And and here, then here's your short. The uh, the the side story. So. Felicity and uh, new dude, new dude, Brandon <laughs> Roth's character hook up, <laughs> and he gets his suit working. Yep, he's zooming around uh, Starling City. The Atom has made his first test flight. Yeah. So, and that actually, you know, that's set up for what has now been revealed to be interesting plans by DC to. And they're they're soundly and resoundingly saying our TV universe is not our movie universe and our movie universe is not our TV universe because they're basically building a freaking Justice League show in the TV Arrow universe. So the uh, speculated about leaked kind of semi-confirmed plans have a spinoff show consisting of The Atom. Firestorm, and the Sarah Black Canary. 
Hmm. Yet to be explained is how that one's going to work out. Nisa was the name, by Nisa, the way. Nisa, yes, that's you. right. So, yes, the, the, the riff on, on Talia. Um, to be a spinoff show that will de- definitely be in the Flash and Arrow universe, because that's where they were introduced. Right. Um, and basically be the, the, the founding members of that universe's Justice League. Um Interesting part of it, partly interesting because okay, Sarah's pushing up daisies right now, mm-hmm. right? Um, but thank god they're going with her instead of Laurel. Laurel. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. <laughs> when Sarah is resurrected by whatever <coughs> Lazarus Pit means, they come up with well, come right. on, her beloved. You don't think that she would have, like, she, if she knows these things exist, it's like, exactly. hey, she's probably already been exhumed and we don't even know it. Um, that mean we'll have two black canaries in this universe? One for one city, one for another city? We'll see. Hmm. Um, but that's that's a year and a half, two years off at this point, I think they were saying in here. Yeah. Um, well, they might change the laurels. Yeah, they might make her into either a an original character mm-hmm. or put her the hell back in the courtroom where she belongs. Right. Exactly. Uh, so, nice try. You don't need to avenge your sister anymore because, hey, look, she's alive again. And um, your fighting skills suck. And you suck. You're much better per, you're much better at arguing than fighting. Yeah. Slightly. Um so I mean they've got the same producer throughout these shows, even the ones that are on different networks, which is interesting because they're with CBS for some, CW right. for some others, um, but with members of the same production team following the properties around. They're also rolling out and we've had the first images of the actress in the Supergirl costume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like the design is borrowing very heavily from Man of Steel. Um, even though they're on one hand they're going with the our TV universe is not our movie universe. This one's clearly inspired by uh, the singer, or not singer, um, Snyder. Snyder, yeah. Um, singer was the one before. We got Brandon Routh, who's now the Adam. Okay, I'm following the chain here. Because yes. um, at least, you know, Brandon Routh is flying around a DC Universe uh, city again, just this time with jets. Right. Um, so they're all over the damn place. Um, if you look in the document, I, I put the little link to the Supergirl costume, and it's yeah, it's a much less stylized S. You know, it's very much a, here's an S. It's it not, is an S. This right. is not the Kryptonian it's symbol for hope. This is an S. An actual S, yes. Um, but it's Although, got, yeah, that costume, I think it's a pretty nice costume. I, I mean, I think great. it hits the... I'm sorry? I think it looks great. They didn't... Yeah. The, my fear with a lot of these characters is the because the 90s happened in the comic industry, that we will get hyper-sexualized versions of our, of our heroes. <laughs> because for a while, that was the norm. Um... And this one is none of that. And all of the classic lines of the Supergirl costume done in the slightly more muted colors of Man of Steel. So we have more of a maroon than a red and the kind of the mesh design to the to the blue material. More of a navy than an actual yeah. blue. I mean, I th- mm-hmm. Which I, I liked the costume from Man of Steel. I think her costume is great. I, I don't have any... I can't... I'd like to see her, um, you know, play the character because if... You know, from what I recall, Supergirl, she was like white, blonde, like yeah. white, 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 blonde. In most of the iterations I've seen of her, mostly animated. Yeah. And then, and she's, so she's a little, you know, more of a dusty brownish blonde. Yep. 
But um, and she's super skinny, the actress. Yeah, she is kind of slight. But I mean, if you look really at the super midriff exposed versions of Kara from the comics, that's actually typecasting. Um, the no, no, I mean not the. I yeah, I definitely don't want any exposed parts where they're not supposed to be. Yeah, I, what, I you like don't want the Power Girls, Super Power Girl Girls boob window. I mean, come on, classic. <laughs> no, yeah. I really dig the the that they went with this design to begin with because a, a Super Girl, right, right. So you don't want your girl to have everything exposed, but but yeah, she's just kind of really really thin. She's a really thin actress. I'd like to. I can't wait to see what you know how it. Shows up on screen again. This one still kind of cons dubious to me. Mm-hmm. I'll have to. I, the writing will will make all the difference in the writing and writing and the acting. As you, as, duh. Exactly. Yeah. It's just. Duh. But as far as they haven't gone off the rails with their first promo uh, pictures, which can yeah. can sometimes happen. I definitely liked it more than the first Wonder Woman picture they showed us. For sure. So. Yeah, that one was. Uh, yeah, hmm. Again, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, I yeah. I'm. I mean, the only reason, my biggest reason for conning dubious towards this is it's just it's a super person. Like right. anytime you have Superman, Supergirl, Super Dog, it's <laughs> like well, okay, I, I just automatically go okay. Here's the you know unstoppable. They character. do not have a tremendous t- track record with this character. The Supergirl right. movie. Was hilariously bad. Oh yeah, that was bad. <laughs> um, so Helen Slater is supposed to be in the sh- TV show. Yes, they they did, a- and, so and so. Dean Kane. Dean Kane, yes, which is pretty yeah. clever. I mean, that's, um, that's cute. I'm assuming it's going to be her Kryptonian parents. Well, we have, they, it's, not, it's not announced, but yeah, they're they're doing a little bit of stunt casting, yeah. like they did with the Flash. Sure. Um, so we'll see where they go with it. The it's it, it's. The, the animated versions of Supergirl have been actually pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, in the uh, Batman Superman Apocalypse, yes. um, which kind of centered around her arrival on Earth, was basically her origin story. They did a really great job with, with the character. Right. Um, put, put her off with the Amazons to train for a while. Um, Batman really didn't trust her one iota or believe she was who she claimed to be. Um, it, was, it was really well written and fun. And, the, and the char- they gave the character an interesting story arc through the, the span of the movie and very interesting things to do. Um, I hope they, they take some of that writing team and shove them onto the live action. The other challenge is it's a Kryptonian and what's the effects budget going to be for this TV show? Yeah, that's what, the big thing. The trick they did with Smallville that was it was you know, when he was slowly learning his powers, right? And they had the rule: no cape and no flying was right. in the show bible. Mm-hmm. And they actually, you know, the the last images of the last episode had him actually flying and had him wearing the cape. And was, okay, we're done. We can put that part of the Bible away, right? I don't know if they're gonna. I mean, they're they're showing the full costume, of the so they're looks like they're going for the throat as far as ta-da, Supergirl with, with all the trappings. Well, I think you. I think hopefully, especially since you mentioned it's the same production team that did Flash and Arrow. Yep. Like they both those shows hit the ground running. Like this person is a superhero, and here is their costume. Now, granted. Arrow's gone through a a bit a of a couple of changes with uh, the mask change, but the, I mean yeah. he's still relatively the same same basic look. And Flash, it was like 
Here's hey, a costume. Yeah. <laughs> Go to it. Here's your firefighting gear. That right. Exactly. <laughs> so, to... I mean, I think it's, I, I think their perspective, and I agree with it completely, is we can't do a dragged out, let's just slowly tease the fact she has right. some powers. Like, we need to just plunge in both feet. But I'm curious you know, how they're going to paint their universe. Are they going to start hinting at the existence of a Superman in the TV universe that they just don't give any camera time to? Or is she going to be the first Kryptonian to arrive here? I'm curious with which mythos they go for, whether they tie it into Man of Steel's idea of she arrived on the scout ship. Because the, the hints are all... You, you, you've, you've seen the bits in Man of Steel where there's one empty and open cryopod from the exploration ship, from the Genesis ship. Yeah. When, he, when mm-hmm. he first goes in, it's like, oh, that's where Supergirl came from. Cool, we'll see her later. Um, are they going to go with that? Or are they going to have a completely original separate universe for her to be in we'll see yeah again that's one's a year and a half or so off so but it's good to know they're working on it hopefully the quality will will remain where we've become spoiled um because i i want what i want wants good good storytelling in fantastical places although i i i really i'm really thinking that we're gonna oversaturate our tv with too many superheroes. Yes. Too much superheroes. Yeah. It's, it's, I think two to three is, is good. And now we're starting to really make it. Hollywood. Hollywood doesn't know. When to stop. Okay. Vampires. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Need I say more? (laughs) Superheroes are the new vampires. And their diaries. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why you're doing that to yourselves. Uh, I really don't. <laughs> but you've, you've I'm usually like triple tasking when I'm doing it, so well, it's not like I'm being very serious about it. But I mean, it's. But you saw I, what it's, happened. It's a wonderful show if you're a ten-year-old girl. Exactly. You are not necessarily the demographic, but exactly. it leads to a grown-up show. It's like Doctor Who and Torchwood. I get it. It's it leads you into adult stuff. I guess right. if you watch this as a kid, then you possibly like like the stuff we like as adults. But you saw it's, Hollywood got their teeth into no pun intended um <laughs> vampires and then, so for a while there everything you know you start from buffy the vampire slayer forward arguably from forever night forward this building vampire vampire werewolf everywhere and we all burned out on it um and you are right the exact same thing is going to happen with superheroes you you can already see it happening well, but again, I think it's uh, and a, a big problem they ran into in the cinematic universe was that every time they did a superhero movie, it was an origin story. And I think yes. that's what burned people out. Whereas now you have on the TV shows, they're taking different tacks at doing origin stories where they're very sped up or you have the flashback version you have on Arrow where you'll be able to see him in his prime versus how he got there. Right. So as long as they keep doing these interesting ways of bringing them on the scene and keeping it fresh in that regard, I think they'll be okay. It's just that if they start doing every episode or every new IP becomes, this is the origin story. That's going to burn me out really quick. See, I, I, I tend to disagree. I think that there is no freaking way I'm going to watch six superhero shows. There's just no way. There's so many other genres out there that I'd like to watch that oh, sure. there's absolutely no way that they're going to milk the same people for these shows. Now, they may get some different 
demographics, but I, I think what they're doing is they're really splitting their audience at this point because you're going to watch the two or three favorites and ignore the rest. They may cancel whichever ones don't get the audience. Yeah, the problem is if you're, if you're dipping into the same audience, let's say you're dipping into the same audience that is a superhero you know, watching audience. You're dipping into that same audience for six different shows. Everyone has their favorite. They may cancel all shows if not if one doesn't get enough of that pie. This if era, this era will come to an end. Uh, they just right. may they may be accelerating it. You're right. What we'll see. We asked for this. Yeah, <laughs> we just got a little more than we anticipated. But I think True, who has joined us on the call, uh, may have something to offer. Did what? What have we done to summon you today? Well, it's it's basically we're it's a it's a it's a loop. It's the people who are taking over the TV stations now are people who grew up up in the 60s and 70s when we were bumper to bumper superhero cartoons. Right. Just like people the people we've a few years the last 10 years we've been up to our eyeballs in CSI shows. Oh yes. Because it was the Columbo, Perry Mason, Quincy type era. Yep. That for those people People and uh, it's and now we're getting Ducktales, Inspector Gadget, and all that stuff starting yep. to come back to play. It's because as the as the old guard ages out and the new guard comes out, they're resuscitating their favorite shows from their childhood. When I see the or announcement of, of the live action Animaniacs reboot, that's when I kill myself. <laughs> oh dear God! Ooh, that'd be that frightening. Thought, that thought. Oh God! Pinky, who would you cast as Pinky in the Brain? Okay. <laughs> Be afraid. No, yeah, you, yeah, that's exactly. right. We wouldn't well, because we take that back. Peter Dinklage is the brain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, or should I say yes? Yes. Um, so, but one of the other big differences, though, we're seeing right now with in regards to this oversaturation versus years past is the prevalence of things like Netflix and yes. Hulu and all these different ways that even if I can't watch six simultaneous no. superhero series, I can always go back and catch up. That's the and wild card. Let me one other thing. And you're going to have Netflix. They're going to release their Hell's Kitchen tr trinity of superhero, and they're going to release every episode at once. So all that's going to be is a binge watch for me at some point, and then I can go back to my normal watching schedule. Yeah, so I, I just, think I can fit it in. I just don't think I... I it's not about fitting it in. I just don't, don't think I'd be interested hmm. in that many superheroes. And I love my superheroes, but I think I kind of want them all in one place. You know, yeah. I like my group superheroes. I like my X-Men. I like my sure. Avengers. I like, like the, my Justice League. I don't like my Superman here, Spider-Man yeah. here, Wolverine here. You need connectivity. I need, yes, exactly. Then, you know, you're getting that on CW. Well, DC is putting, <laughs> putting their money on... The older school. Well, let's bring things to television or cable TV traditionally. Yeah. Marvel, to a lesser extent, you know, they've basically done Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and only Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to be this interstitial tissue between a lot of their movies. And they're backing the new method in a big way with this big test with the Hell's Kitchen series, leading to a, a Netflix-only superhero team-up movie. Right. So it's I'm watching this with great interest to see which or if both are successful in their different ways. Because I, what I'm hoping is happening is that the various networks are becoming satisfied with a smaller piece of the pie and understanding that 
the days of the nationwide blockbuster television show, especially, where you get everyone tuning in to watch Cheers or everyone tuning in to watch Friends because that's what everybody does, that the internet has screwed that up because it's given this great way for niche interests to find what they want. So I think this is Marvel trying to say, okay, we're going to serve that niche. Here are your superhero. Here's your whole series for binge watching. And we'll feed you some movies here while we're also going to see you in the theater for your you know, two or three times a year for your big movies. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that, I'm very interested to see how that pans out for them. Um, you know, you've seen the interest in House of Cards and things like Orange is the New Black. So they, mm-hmm. the... The method is proven. It's just like, will it work for this kind of content? We're about to find out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Again, good time to be a nerd. Absolutely. True, are you speaking? Because if you are speaking to us, you're, it sounds like you're 500 miles away. Oh, okay. Uh, is that better? There you are. Yes, there you are. Okay. Uh, speaking of Netflix and the old guard, did you see the story about Netflix trying to get their movie into theaters for the for the award shows and being stonewalled? Oh, really? I had not seen that story. So which which, yep. pro- which property were they trying to get? Uh, it's one of their new original movies. I forget the name off the top of my head, but uh, basically huh. they they were going to they wanted to launch it on the service and in theaters on the same day, and the theaters basically saying, "Nope, ninety day window, or we aren't playing games." Interesting. Wow. So they wanted to technically have it shown in theater so they could you know, ch- tick the box and qualify for the awards. Yep. And the existing system said you don't get to play you know, on our field because reasons. Because we're threatened by you. Hmm. Interesting. Dick move. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I can foresee. I mean, how relevant are the Oscars to begin with? Um, how much you know, they they reflect what is popular and what is loved by more people very poorly. Um, sure, you know historically you can see them being very full of themselves and very incestuous and you know very much patting each other on the back inside their own little world, and it doesn't reflect the reality of the viewing public most of the time. Well, it does. It's it, it's also a matter of promotion i mean think about how many movies that were small no one saw them in the theater and then they won the award and then they basically the dvds flew off the shelf fast and you could buy them well it's because the it has become a science of shopping the screeners around to the members of the academy and there's this whole behind the scenes self-promotion that happens that gets you a year where Everyone in the world is completely in love with Forrest Gump and Shakespeare in Love wins the Oscar because the person that was kind of the first real modern example of someone who really worked the system, went around to the old folks homes to where the aging members of the Academy were and was did a great job selling Shakespeare in Love and make sure that the the voting members of the Academy got a a full presentation and a copy of the screener. And that's what they remembered when they were filling out their form. And to hell with what the rest of the world was in love with that year. Sure. But, I mean, I think at the same time, the I don't look at the Oscar winners as being anything I put stock in. But Oscar nominated, yes, they tend to always be 
really good films. I mean, I've I've rarely seen a film nominated for an Oscar where I've gone, well, that film was terrible. Yeah. Why would it, why would it get nominated? Like even Shakespeare in Love was a good film. Yeah. I don't know if it was better than Forrest Gump, but I would say it, it was entertaining. It, it it was entertaining. The films from this year, uh, you know, again the the. I only saw probably two of them, <laughs> but nonetheless, I've never, I haven't heard anything bad about them either. So I look at that more for why I pay attention to the Oscars is who was nominated. That's probably worth me watching at some point. Who wins? I, I could care less. Yeah, I mean, Birdman, you know, winning. I just, I just wish it was. I wish it had been Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. I just, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, but, but it was a good movie. I did see that. I've not yet seen that because I have a four-year-old child and don't get out much but my, my parents dra- dragged me to and i'm actually glad they did it was pretty good yeah it's supposed uh, to be very good yeah hours of entertainment we shall see uh so it's like i used to looking at the weird time on the clock because we're doing them because because all of you shifted we wind up doing this an hour earlier than we used to yeah so mm-hmm. i think we are up to a convenient and sensible time for a break yes, yes we are uh thank you for calling in true we appreciate the input and uh, if you're interested in calling in, the Skype name I'm on under is GnomeWise. So just get on Skype and send a contact request, contact request to GnomeWise, G-N-O-M-E-W-I-S-E, and we'll bring you in during the call-in sections. And we have some new music queued up for you. This is uh, Mark Gunn, who I had uh, the pleasure of seeing live at this last Dragon Con. And this is off his album, Sci-Fi Drinking Songs. <laughs> um, he does uh, you know, Irish-Scottish folk toony type stuff, but on topics of science fiction. So this one is entitled Pangalactic Gargle Blaster. Those of you who are lovers of Douglas Adams and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy already know what the song is about. Uh, we shall return with more nerdy goodness from around the internet after this. Hi, this is Brian Ibbett from The Morning Stream, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. And galactic gargle blaster, it's the drink I never could master. It's like having your brain smashed out by a lemon wrapped around a gold brick. And galactic gargle blaster, just one look, I'm off the wagon faster. It's like a mugging, a beating, a kick in the head. I'm broke and I wish you were dead. Hitchhike intergalactic super highways, the bypass backwards all along the byways. At every stop, at every bar, the pangalactic gargle blaster hits me like a car. Fed porters, stouts, ales and lagers, rum, coke, whiskey, and lots of Jaeger. I've had 42 different kinds of wine, but there's only one drink to unhinge my mind. The pangalactic gargle blaster. It's the drink I never could master It's like having your brain smashed out by a lemon Wrapped around a gold brick And galactic gargle blaster Just one look, I'm off the wagon faster It's like a muggy, a beating, a kick in the head I ain't broke and I wish you were dead 
got that old jank spirit juice from a bottle Poured one measure of Sandra Genesee water I'd make another gallon if I could remember how it went but the last time I drank I lost three months' rent The whales, the dolphins, the mices too They all know about this brew The Vogon warned about it in their verse But of the two, I'm not sure which is worse Galactic Gargle Blaster It's the drink I never could master It's like having your brain smashed out by a lemon Wrapped around the cold brick The Pangalactic Gargle Blaster Just one look, I'm off the wagon fast It's like a mugging, a beating, a kick in the head I ain't broke and I wish you were dead Hikers, take my advice Don't drink it once, don't drink it twice If you drink it at all, drink it very carefully Though if you drink it at all, you'll die quite cheerfully The Pangalactic Gargle Blaster It's the drink I never could master It's like having your brain smashed out by a lemon Wrapped around a gold brick One look, I'm off the wagon fast It's like a mugging, a beating, a kick in the head I'm broke and I wish you were dead I'm broke and I wish you were dead I'm broke and I wish you were dead This is Jocelyn from the Gamers Inn and the Angry Chicken and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Job's done! Casually Harker continues live on AlphaGeekRadio.com and sneaking in during the break, the one and only, the Barry Vaughn Awesome. Why would you let him sneak in? I don't know. I'm easily swayed. I'm very sneaky. So. How much did, you, did he pay you is what Shh. I want to know. We do not speak of it. <laughs> oh, so it's done in sexual favors? Is that why we don't speak wow. of it? <laughs> okay, then. That is a direct line. Really? <laughs> hey, if your wife's going to have a one-track mind, at least it's on that track, okay? Yep. <laughs> but I digress. So, um, during the break, you were doing a refresher on one of our topics, which is the new Age of Ultron trailer that they shipped over this last week. Yeah. <laughs> You're such a girl. What? No, I'm not. I'm just excited by fun action See, movie goodness. Gnome squeals. My first reaction is like, I need a tissue. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back on the one track again. All righty then. Oh, my God. Uh, How do I put up with you two? No, I'm a little sticky. Um, so, yeah, they've, they've upped the ante. They've, they've uh, you know fleshed out bits of the plot, which we've pretty well communicated already. It's, we've... We've got it's the, not like it's an intellectual plot. No, it's got bits, but they had Tony spelling out the it's a weapon system gone horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, he either intentionally or accidentally created artificial intelligence. I think intentionally is kind of implied there. He just yeah. didn't expect it to make its own decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's not as smart as he or thought. Or to then. be really offended by being told what to do. Right. Um, I liked that they had the, the bit. One of the bits that's worked consistently for me was Dr. Banner and Tony sciencing it up together. You like the science bros? Yeah. And I think it works really well. Sure. Um, and they, they've got a few moments of that where Tony is explaining to Bruce, yeah, here's the horrible things I've done that are going to, you know, destroy the world. Um, 
But what I like even more about that that kind of confessional moment they've got in there where he's mea culping to, yeah, I can't have made an AI because I wanted to put a suit of armor around the world. It's a through line directly from the Iron Man movies where mm-hmm. a huge theme of Iron Man 3 was I can't protect the Everybody. things I care about. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know the, the icon of that in the movie was Pepper, but... It's a complex that we've been seeing Tony developing from the very first movie where he sees his weapons being used and decides to try and do something about it, to try to protect the innocent from the misuse of the, of the weapons. And he's gotten increasingly obsessed with it over the years, and this makes perfect sense for this character. And I think this is a really good use of using events in the other movies to inform the story of this one. This, this was the kind of long-term big arc storytelling I was hoping they would go for. And it, it pays off in this trailer. Of, yes, I can totally believe that this character you have taught me about would do exactly this stupid thing in pursuit of this unreachable goal. And then you have a great setup for your action film. Yeah. I think uh, the new trailer also really hit, even though it still definitely has the Avengers and Joss Whedon style of, you know, f- quick quick dialogue, um, funny dialogue. You have uh, Thor saying, you know, is that all you got? And Ultron's like, I'm going to send a million guys at you now. And, you know, Captain America's going, you had to say you something. Had to say you had but to say it, didn't you? You had to ask. You had to ask. If, if anything, the Ultron character is reminding me a lot of what the Joker character was into the the second Dark Knight film, yes. or the Dark Knight. It feels like that because he's coming in as like I'm gonna beat the crap out of all of you, and obviously do a lot of destruction in the process because they show a lot of buildings going down. Um, so it's not like he's uh, a paper villain; like he's coming in full full bore on them he's iron and for really, bear he's got the and skills really keeps talking about the fact he's going to break them apart and doing that so i think it's they're setting him up to be a really really well done villain yeah for whatever reasons which will be i'm assuming will be revealed in the film his hatred of humanity extends to genocide he basically says yeah. the only acceptable outcome is their annihilation and, it's, and the implication is this is dialogue between him quicksilver and scarlet witch where he's talking about they being the regular humans and maybe he's sweet-talking them and saying, oh, but you're, you're this new thing and I like you because you have powers I can exploit. Um, but we'll see. They're united for some reason. He's freed them probably from horrible torment at the hands of Hydra sure. because they're useful to him, not because he particularly likes even inhumans. Oh, sure. Um, there's a nice little reveal at the very end of our first image of you know extreme close up on the eyeballs, but clearly of the vision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In his classic green, yellow, red colors. Yep. Um, which I wasn't sure they were going to go for because that's you know, very cartoony, no yeah. doubt. But if you freeze frame it, the the, the synthetic look they've given to the character is bitching. Oh, yeah. Um, now I have to go back and freeze frame it. Do, yeah. because it looks really cool. Because um, it's, you know, n- all the other stuff we've seen, you know, robot-wise and android-wise, has all been very metallic. 
and this is more polymer looking and or uh, carbon fiber or whatever you want to call it, but it looks really neat. Um, I don't think the color thing's a big stretch though either, considering he's going to kind of be derived from a version of evolved Iron Man technology. You're already starting with the yellow and red there. Just kind of add some green into it. Yeah, this this is just that was all metallic. This seemed yeah. very primary colory. Well, a bright maybe, bright green, bright bright it's yellow. Going to come from Stark and Banner, and Banner's like, there's got to be some green. There's got to be some yeah, green. Absolutely. I just have this thing for green. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they've got Paul Bettany playing the role, so you you will have the actor who's been the voice of Jarvis playing an android version of Jarvis, um, or an evolved android version of Jarvis, we assume. Um, The interesting thing for me was the release date. I didn't realize until I saw the trailer that they had moved it up, even, like, again. April 23rd is pretty soon. Yeah, that's why we're we're getting these trailers, because they want to get the hype up, because it's coming. Yep. And, as we know, they love to overlap uh, things in the movie universe with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so... Yep. Something is so now. I'm instantly watching the trailer and going back to the show and going, "Okay, what does this mean?" I'm wondering. They've set the expectation now that if the TV show is airing when a movie releases, that there will be some kind of an effect. So we saw from Thor: The Dark World, they had a token episode where they were cleaning up the battle site from the climax of Dark World, and of course, the Winter Soldier stuff massively changed the, the the. trajectory of our heroes because well hydra um yeah so where did you guys get that date of april 23rd because the one from the trailer says may 1st okay the trailer i watched said april 23rd at the end might have been the international release that could be everything here is saying may 1st if i google it so international has been getting dibs on releases more and more lately Mm, um because somebody has done math that says that their overall box office ends up being larger if they release overseas first. So we've been, been seeing an ongoing trend of major releases happening a week ahead of time overseas. Um, so you may have watched the international trailer there, Barry. Ah, yeah, possibly. Maybe. Especially uh, with these Marvel Disney movies. Those are the ones that have been doing it the most. Yeah. Well, they've been very regular. They, they kind of pioneered the idea and have said, well, the math works. We just, we just keep raking in more money, so let's do it this way from now on. Um, it's... It looks like, you know, on one hand, it is more of the same. On the other hand, the characters are changing and developing and remaining interesting. More of the same as in they're a superhero bunch fighting to save fighting us from Fighting some kind of major threat. Okay. Now, oh, yeah. In this I mean, case, the threat was, what from, they do. was from within. So, so, you know, different origin for the bad guys. It wasn't, you know, crazy Loki wanting to prove himself to daddy. Um, yeah, but look, he's cool. He's great. We'll see him again, I'm assuming, in Ragnarok. Right. Because um, he's currently sitting on the throne of Asgard. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. It's be kind of hard to avoid him in a movie set in Asgard. Uh, he, was, he was cool. I mean, he was a, a fun character, but he wasn't exactly a super threatening character. No, he's not the villain. He's yeah. the comic relief right. villain. Right, right. And he's also the villain you feel sorry for. You're not going to feel sorry for... You know Jarvis. Yeah, I don't Ultron know. Slash. No, but no, no. You're no. He's meant to be feared. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it needed to be Ultron because uh-huh. 
they need cannon fodder for movies like this. That's why we have the Chitauri in the first Avengers film. Right. That's oh, why we have because you have an infinite series of bad guys you can mow down and f- not feel bad about. Because then you can have right. your huge action sequences and you're not like, they just killed 2,000 people. That would be Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. And you sounded exactly like Lana just there, by the way, Daxa. Yup. 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 You're channeling Aisha Tyler there. Um, well, that was going to be what I was going to go for for a karaoke night, but then I ended up doing Marla from Fight Club, but oh. yes. She was my second choice. I couldn't find a stinking dress. You know how hard it is to find a sweater dress? See, a sweaty no. dress and a stinking dress. We'll just wear it once, hang it in the closet, and don't wash it. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, also, if you're uh, into this type of thing, uh, apparently some theaters are going to do a 29-hour marathon of Marvel movies <laughs> Holy prior cow. to the release. They have that many hours of movies in the can? I didn't even... Wow. I believe that's including, then, the the new... Uh, Fantastic Four. The No, the new... Uh, Age of Ultron movies. Okay, so. at the very end. 11 yeah. movies, so one you're doing every Iron day. Man, and then uh, actually including Hulk in it as well. So you have Iron Man, Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, Avengers, Iron Man 3, Thor of the Dark World, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Guardians, and then Avengers. Wow. It just, it, you don't stop and think about just how much material they've put out since Iron Man, but yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So when do you sleep? In between movies? The the (laughs) best line from this article is, um, so in addition to a sleep debt and whatever exciting dietary distress is caused by eating only hot dogs and popcorn for almost 30 hours, survivors of the Marvel Marathon will receive a commemorative medal. It has the Avengers logo on it, so you can show it to your family that by staying in a darkened room for a full day and night, you too are a superhero. <laughs> See, I did something similar to this. Was, this was a Star Trek marathon when Star Trek VI was coming out. So it was called Sit Long and Prosper. Oh, and, Jesus. But that was only, you know, five movies. Yeah, plus you can skip every other one and go to, like, you know, stretch your legs and stuff. So. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> the rule holds true. Um, yeah. But yeah. I was going to say, I worked in a movie theater for seven years. I, I lived through college eating nothing but hot dogs and popcorn. There you go. <laughs> that explains all manner of developmental things there, Barry. Seriously, yep. Barry. Seriously, you guys. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm fine. Twitch, twitch, twitch. Uh,. So, a uh, little bit of video game news that we talked mm-hmm. about in the lead-in. Yeah. Uh, harmonics. Yeah, harmonics. They're, they're still a thing. Um, Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Well, they built a little empire, but Rock Band, you know, kind of fell off of our collective radar. Well, I know, no, I can tell you this, that every party we go to... Still. Still Rock Band. Okay. They just haven't so- released any... They haven't released any new content or any new DLC. In a while. They released, like, just recently they did a a tiny bit where they released a couple more songs. But before that, they hadn't released anything in quite a bit. I think they thought that it was Well, they said, we're done. Yeah. We've released songs for five years, so we're... We're done. We're done for now. And now Rock Band 4 is going to be a thing. Yep. And so far, they've announced it as being PS4 or Xbox One. Mm-hmm. 
but they've said that for your respective platform, if you had bought songs on the 360 or on the PS3, you can then translate them over to the one or the PS4. You know, only system system in line, so you can't go from a 360 to a PS4. But, right, but you can go with Xbox one to Xbox. upgraded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on uh, that side, you're good. All of your downloaded songs and content yes. you get to keep. Which I mean, if you're like Grill and I, that's a hundreds lot. of dollars right. of it's songs. A lot of money. I think we have almost every song they put out. So. Nah, I wouldn't say that, but we have a good. Chunk we have a ton. On the hardware side, you are starting over. No, oh, no, no, no. They said they're going to. They're attempting. Attempting. Because they said they will. They're they're going to release new hardware for, for sure. sure. Mad Cats is going to make new everything. Yeah, you might have people that have never played Rock Band. Right. Obviously, they got to cater to that. But they said. With Sony, it's, it's not, looking it's, easy because yes. a lot of it's wireless already. It's Bluetooth. It's right. not going to be a big issue. It hasn't changed. It, it, the PS3 was forward-looking enough that it had yeah. just standard USB and it had standard Bluetooth. So, hey, but, it's still a Bluetooth accessory. So that works easy. Xbox. They're saying this is a lot more challenging. We're working very closely with Microsoft. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you posted is basically <laughs> uh, the, the information there. But, I mean, again... At least they're trying. So I'm happy to hear that because, yeah, as a previous owner, I don't have much desire to rebuy instruments. I'll be happy to buy a new game. Right. uh, But not have to rebuy. Especially a new new game where you can use your instruments and your library. uh, Sign you up. Yeah, exactly. In fact, Mm -hmm. I have. As soon as I got the email, I was like, sign me up for when you have that pre order. Yeah. Bring it on. Bring it to me. So, so, yeah, so I'm really glad that's coming out. It is really, it is a very fun party game. I well, and they actually, and it goes into the article when they are interviewing the guys from Harmonix, they went on to say, you know, the, one of the issues we ran into is we got a lot of feature creep going on in mm-hmm. our later releases where we started throwing all this crap in there that nobody really cared about. The keyboard was also something that nobody, yeah, nobody really, really cared, cared about. about. And so it's not returning, so. It's gone. And they, uh... But they really said there's three people that play it. One, that try to get the high scores and are always trying to per- be perfect with it. Two, the party game, the people that like to have a drinking fest and just play rock band and who cares about the scores. Exactly. And then three, the folks that like to do the career mode and like take their band through the progression there. Getting the band back together, get man. The band back together. Get the band back together. And so it's not so much about getting high scores as it is progressing that storyline. So that's the three things they're focusing on. They're also removing a lot of the like pro guitar stuff. They are keeping pro drums in there. Uh, so it's, it seems like they're really, again, tailoring back to, to the strength of the series and why it's fun to play. Back to basics, just all on the sexy new consoles. Yeah. We'll see what kind of a revival they enjoy. Yeah. Um, our friends over at Blizzard have released the, or at the going on right now, PAX East. Mm-hmm. Um, shout mm-hmm. out to all, all those attending. We wish, you were, we wish we were there. Yes, uh, we did. Blizzard announced during their panel the next expansion, uh, Adventure Pack for Hearthstone's Heroes of Warcraft. And it's as expected. The, the, the frequency of add-ons for this kind of TCG are need to be frequent to keep it fresh. Um, so we have a new, this is the Hearthstone Adventure, Black Rock Mountain. Um, now, Barry, I know you are a fairly regular Hearthstone player, are you not? 
I am. I really like Hearthstone a lot. And how, I really how have you been like... enjoying Goblins versus Gnomes, which is the last one? Well, Goblins versus Gnome was was technically an expansion pack. Right. You right. Had to buy packs As opposed to the adventure. More cards. Uh, this is an adventure. Their second adventure uh, after Naxxramas. So right. they went uh, Curse of Naxxramas, and then they did a card expansion mm-hmm. of two hundred cards. And now they're doing another adventure mode, which will be another thirty-one cards that you can earn by going through the adventure and beating <clears throat> bosses and um, challenge and and hero challenges. Um, but anytime that you're adding more cards to the overall meta of the game, it's like a really good thing. And that was my phone uh, getting a Twitch announcement that someone went live. I'll turn um, that off. But the with the expansion, Goblins versus Gnomes, they introduced a lot of new game mechanics, which you will now utilize in playing the adventure mode of Black Rock Mountain. Yeah, well, one of the things about Goblins versus Gnome was that they released a new card type uh, they kind of s- implemented it with some cards that were already kind of qualified as mechs, uh, and then they implemented a lot of mech cards because that fit with the mech theme of goblin technology and gnomish technology right. that synergized across uh, things. You know, so cards got bonuses from other things that were mechs, uh, and mechs. Uh, you know, it, there were a lot of cards that were you know if you have a mech then this. Uh, now with Black Rock Mountain, they're uh, going with more of a dragon thing. So there's a lot of cards. Well, they've only shown five of the 31 cards so far, but they seem to be um, releasing cards that are dragon types, and there are already a lot of dragon cards in the game, and then cards that uh, have things on them that if you have a dragon in your hand, then this will happen. So, so more yeah. synergy. More synergy. Yeah, it it's looks good. I mean, I haven't played Hearthstone now for a while, but I, I enjoyed playing through Naxxramas, so I'm excited to to pick it back up just to play through the adventure again. Uh, they, another thing that they said at the uh, at the thing, which this is really a new thing for me too, is on Friday during the uh, panel at PAX, which they were streaming live on Twitch, I was actually watching it on someone else's channel on Twitch, uh, one of the big uh, Hearthstone streamers was restreaming it himself, and so that you could get instant reaction from him as he was hearing it live from Boston, hmm. and then com- and he went into commentary right afterwards about like, okay, this is what I think about these cards and everything like that. But I thought it was great. I mean, he had twenty thousand people just watching his stream of the pack stream. Wow, it's fairly meta. Yeah, it was really meta, but it was really great. Stream because- my stream. I'm going to commentate on the stream that I'm restreaming while you watch my stream. Yeah. Um, and if you uh, are a fan of the Angry Chicken podcast, uh, broadcast Monday nights live on Alpha Gate Radio. I don't even play the damn game and I find them entertaining. Um, they actually had an email that was kind of relevant to this just last week, I want to say, or the week before. I don't know. I listened to it on a podcast, so I get mixed up on when I uh, hear it. But they actually had a guy that wrote in and commented, and they discussed it for quite a bit, that uh, the last adventure mode, Curse of Naxxramas, that they announced at PAX East last year, and only released 31 cards, those 31 cards seem to have a bigger impact on the meta of the game than Goblins vs. Gnomes, which released, uh, I want to say, like almost 200 cards. It was over 100 cards. But uh, they, were, the they were very much not all that uh, innovative. They were new faces on existing mechanics in, in a lot of cases. Well, yeah, and it, it dropped a lot of cards on, but now like the, the net decking and meta decks that are out there uh, a lot of the Naxxramas cards stuck in a lot of the main decks, and it didn't seem like 
Goblins versus Gnome had a huge impact on cards that are being used. Like, not well, a lot of them replaced other things. And again, I think the reason for that wasn't that it reused mechanics. What it was is the Goblins vs. Gnomes introduced random mechanics. And so you had your hand playing. Playing with those cards meant you couldn't always guarantee what was going to happen when you played a card because it was a random effect. So it sometimes was really beneficial, sometimes not so much. And most people that are playing competitively and really want to have like you know the meta deck are going to want a deck that does something and does it nearly every time exactly the same. So they're going to avoid the RNG cards. Yeah, they won't oh, yeah. want a RNGesus card there to come and save them. RNGesus, save us all! That's right. Yeah. Although the random effects cards are pretty fun. Oh, I imagine for a casual player, they're probably I'm sure hilariously fun. awesome. I just don't think it's going to be the top of the the heap. Right, and that's why I think it's you not going to be for Ramis. a professional player. Yeah, that's why the a next professional Ramis player cards. is going to build the best deck they can that will make them win constantly every single time. So you need something consistent, and that'll always be there. So yeah. the the only random thing will be the draw order, and everything else they have Correct. as much control over as they can, which sure. makes complete sense to me. Yeah. So, so but I mean, doing the challenges time. were the next Ramesses challenges. The heroic ones were tough in some cases. So I'm excited to see. What they do with this one. And, you know, it's nostalgic, I guess. Blackrock Depths. I mean, it was the original 10-man, 15-man thing. In oh, God. Wow. Yeah, I remember, remember so. when yeah, was a 15 as opposed man? to the uh, Plague Wing and, uh, like, Nax Ramus had those in the instance, uh, the parts in this Blackrock expansion will be, you know, Blackrock Depths, Molten Core, uh, different instances in this instance. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I thought it was just going to be going through and dealing with the different bosses in there. Uh, no, I think that they're going to do it. Uh, well, they're going to split the bosses up by what instance they were in, because there are so many instances inside Blackrock Mountain that they can do that. I guess there's upper Blackrock and the lower Blackrock. Yeah, yeah. They, they talked about everything from Ragnaros at the bottom to Nefarian at the top. Oh, oh okay. So, so they're even all be... of Blackrock Mountain. Okay, cool. Uh, nostalgia. Uh, this is one of the things I was wondering, because they redid Upper Blackrock Spire for Warlords, and they had talked about, and, and they had removed Lower, so you, you couldn't even go into Lower Blackrock Spire anymore. Oh. And or you could walk through it. It was, it was no longer instanced. It was just the, 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 <laughs> you can go all leisurely stroll. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, you go through it as a level 100. You could take 100. your date, yeah. have a picnic. If you could find your way around, that place was confusing. Well, God, yes. It was confusing as hell. I remember it being awful. Um, I was, but I was strangely nostalgically pinged when I heard that they might be, they were considering bringing back a retooled and updated lower Blackrock Spire as well later in the expansion. Like, I would do that. <laughs> Just totally for, that. I would totally tap that. I always get a weird nostalgia uh, bomb because there's actually a thing in Diablo 3 that they call Ubers. <laughs> Uber. And people are like, oh, you know, we're running Heroics and or Ubers. And I'm like, Uber? I'm like, no, what? The? No, that's wrong game. Wrong game. Right. <laughs> nice. All right. All right. Uh, do Necropolis oh, next? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So also at, at PAX East was... Uh, the debut of a pre-alpha build of the next uh, brand new IP from uh, Hairbrain Schemes called Necropolis, which I'd heard about just after PAX Prime uh, mm -hmm. last year. Um, just some real, 
Once uh, Mike got moved over very to the project. little, yeah, just we a uh, guy we know there was moved to the project, and there was a very small teaser website. Um, now at PAX Prime, or at, I'm sorry, PAX East, they were able to release a pre-alpha build. They released some movies, and it's a uh, dungeon crawl meets de- or, um, Dark Souls. Dark Souls meets a roguelike... Uh, type game where death is permanent but it resets you and you have a new character and you go through the dungeon uh sounds like it's going to have the oft said procedurally generated content <laughs> um but some interesting ideas of of things they want to do uh one of the coolest ones when they were interviewing uh, mike mccain was the fact they'd love to have an ability to where there's a unique weapon that only one person who's actively playing the game has at a given time <laughs> what an and it actually idea. sends out a tweet that says you have the weapon and this person has it and when that character dies, the weapon then goes off to some other person's some account other and that person. person has the weapon. And then sends out a new tweet yeah. who has the weapon. And so that's kind of neat. Uh, but, you know, again, it was like one one character class that's supposed to have multiple classes. Uh, just a couple of the weapons, there's supposed to be six different types and, you know, various weapons and armor and shields and such in there. Uh, graphically, the, the it, art style is art really style is unique. I unique. love it. It reminds me a lot of Samurai Jack. Yes, it does. See, to me, I look at that and it says Wind Waker to me because mm, it's yeah. kind of sort of cell shaded, but like a very high poly count updated version of that. Right. Um, but I like it. It definitely has its own sense of style. Uh, it's like you know, one one person's vision definitely ruled over this. Um, it's it's. Strangely gorgeous. Uh, yeah. It is very neat looking. Huh? The more you look at it, it, yeah, it just yeah. pulls you in. A little bit of I animated. mean, it's also going to have things you can build potions, obviously. You could get buffs. Um, but uh, very, very pre-alpha. But it's won, it's won some good awards so far. Let's see, let's yeah. see where that one comes out. Just more, yeah. more good... Interesting... You know, they're not reinventing the wheel, but they're, they're combining uh, some of the best from different categories and hopefully it'll be a compelling compelling gameplay. Well and it's good. I mean they've uh Hairbrain's done pretty good with the Shadowrun IPs. Mm. They uh, have but they've uh, it's good to see them not uh you know buying Ferraris. They're actually putting looks like their money into trying something new and uh not just Sticking with a, a known property. Well, they went with the Golem Arcana. Golem Arcana as well, definitely. So they they did that with there. that, and then obviously now Necropolis. So I think they're, and there seems to me that they're spreading out slowly. You yeah. know, they're not really, but they're also doing things that they. It feels like they can finish in a year or two. They're not going with these really big games yeah. where they're going to be. Town. Right. Y- yes, where they're going to be. Producing this for five, ten years, and, yeah. then, and then nobody every, wants it. Everything by rides on that release, and exactly, right. game studios collapse when things don't go well. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So small, really good, really tight, tight games. Games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even the big boys. You look at Blizzard, and they're like, "Well, here's here's Hearthstone, this thing we've been playing internally for years and really like." And holy crap! Okay, looks like we have something on our hands here. Uh, let's uh, put some resources behind that quick. Yeah. Well, and they've they've even they. Blizzard, in addition to Hearthstone, we didn't put links to it, but they did announce a couple new character classes for uh, 
what's their new here's like, the storms they released sylvanas well, here's the storm they had a new class but also for their battleborn or whatever that game is though oh, overwatch uh, overwatch yeah sorry overwatch yeah they had the clint eastwood uh style yeehaw character that they rolled yeah. out um yeah overwatch and heroes of the storm got some love at their panel and um, what I'm waiting for is the ability um, for existing Heroes of the Storm alpha and beta players. We'll be, we will be given a limited ability to invite people in. Um, That'd be cool. So, oh, I'm already in. I'll get. Yeah, they said yeah. something about giving out beta keys. Right, but it's a matter of those of us in there will be able to allegedly send out a certain number of them. So I'll be able to get all of you in who are not already in. Yeah, I haven't because I've actually been on a League of Legends hiatus at the moment. So I'd be curious have... what how you feel because I I just can't get into MOBAs. I've tried and it's just not my thing. Um, so I'm in the Heroes of the Storm beta and it's kind of wasted on me. Um, I I, <laughs> I tip my toes in every time a major uh, build gets released, but it's just I'd rather get you in there and and, and have you get some enjoyment out of it and. Be able to say, okay, what? If, how does this compare to the juggernaut that is League of Legends? Yeah, I mean, I'd be willing to give it a try. Uh, League of Legends, definitely. And I think they're doing some really neat things over there. It's just we have a, the, the group of people I play with, we have differing opinions of which mode we should play. <laughs> <laughs> and, and thus, we play none. <laughs> I have some concerns. Yeah. All right, we have another one from Polygon.com. The games industry is wrong about kids, gaming, and gender. What a surprise. Uh, the results of a new study revealed yesterday at the Game Developers Conference, as GDC was also happening in this past week, uh, show the, that today's young consumers are far more progressive than the games industry gives them credit for. Uh, so this one has a decent uh, sample size. They had surveyed uh, 1,583 students aged 11 to 18 over the course of a year. Um, so it's not a massive sample size, but enough to be statistically significant, um, assuming everyone was, was honest. Which, well, that's the first thing my brain always go to when it's a survey. It's like, sure, yeah, mm, anonymous or not, how many of us are truly completely honest on these things? But one would hope that they allow for that. Um, only 39% of high school-aged boys surveyed preferred to play as male characters. Yeah, Gwenora, looking at you. Uh, 60% of high school age girls prefer to play as female characters. So girls tend to want to stick with their home gender more than boys want to look at a cute butt all day long. Can I tell you that Gwenora's not a high school boy? <laughs> yes, he is. Okay. <laughs> Just throwing uh, that out there. <laughs> well, and actually, the, the choice that most of them made was, I don't care what the gender is. Right. It wasn't that they. It was a binary, either guy or girl. Right. Uh, they actually just said female, matter. male, or no preference. Yeah, um, and basically, you know, which one's the most OP is is the correct answer to that one. Right. Yeah. Um, no doubt. But there was um, going further down here. Um, so the you know, the the general assumption going in had been that all boys this age would always play the hot-looking female character. And this kind of destroys that idea. Um, they also had another question there is to, do you identify as a gamer? And 65% of the girls said no. And 65% of the boys said yes. 
But both genders displayed anecdotal evidence of being just as invested and just as knowledgeable about the games. So their level of demonstrated interest and investment and caring about gaming was about equal, but a boy was more likely to say that you know, part of my identity is that I am a gamer and a girl was equally as unlikely to say that. And I think that has a lot to do with the types of games that some girls play. I'm mm-hmm. not saying all girls because there's plenty of girls out there that play the MOBAs and the first-person shooters. But because most of the, a lot of the games that, that girls play are puzzle games or you know role-playing or something with a little more story, it might lead them to think that it's not as serious a gaming game than you know, something like a sports game or, or an MMO or whatever. Yeah, one of the, the takeaways they had from this is, for this is one of the researchers talking, says you have got kids who care deeply about games but don't feel that they have a voice. I'm asking you to help them to affirm their voice and to not make assumptions about kids, assumptions that so many adults in so many other areas make about young people. Um, the kids, you know, kids have a very different opinion than what the industry assumes about them is what, is what the researchers came away from this feeling. Um, yeah, and to me, the, that was one, the most interesting slide in there was the fact that girls didn't identify as gamers. Right. When, I wonder really what's behind that. Is it because they're not comfortable identifying as gamers because of you know, getting some sort of backlash for doing so? Or if they're just like, well, no, I like games, but I'm not a gamer because maybe they have a negative connotation towards what a gamer is. And does that then feed into a backlash that girls get around gaming? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a weird paradigm. I'm not sure what... I'd love yeah. to know what was behind their, their answers. personal answers to right. why they wouldn't yeah. want to do that. When every other statistic in there basically said, you are, you're a gamer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Exactly. Right. Yeah. What is stopping you from from making this part of your identity yeah. in a positive way. Right. Yeah, just um, like if you spend five million hours playing Facebook games, yeah. it's still a game. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, one of my personal heroes, Ashley Birch, was one of the presenters on this. Um, and if you've never watched Hey Ash, What You're Playing, you right. are missing oh, yeah, out. Yeah. Oh, God, you're missing out. Arizona Natives, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah, oh, no, we've cool. seen it. Um, and she is such a... <laughs> in a demented kind of a way, a very positive uh, role model for girl gamers, I would say, um, in that production that she does with her brother. Um, Mm -hmm. And dad is fall out of your chair hilarious whenever they feature him. Um, But someone who is so very much obviously into the hobby as her. She makes a, a very good, very positive figurehead for this, and, and I can see why she would have gotten involved with bringing this presentation to, to uh, GDC. Um, so, good on you, Ash. Keep it going. Yeah. Mm, have we forgotten? Have we missed anything? I think we I think are we, uh, we have hit everything. Wow. Gay us. The um, thing that came out of GDC that I was following a lot this week uh, <clears throat> on the tested YouTube channel, Adam Savage's yep. thing is, uh, they were featuring uh, in-depth looks at all of the different Oculus Rift VR stuff uh, coming out. Stuff, yeah. And I didn't realize that it was so much of a three-way race. And oh, God, that yes. They're all just a little bit different. And that was my first look at uh, Valve's uh, version of that. And they were, like, the people on, the, on Tested were blown away by, like, 
how good theirs was, which is not surprising, I guess. But this year may be the big year for this new this new take on VR. I'm actually starting to get interested because I've been very um, soured on it because we lived through the original blast of virtual reality. Hey, this is the greatest new thing when we were putting these huge helmets with CRTs in them on our heads and seeing really crappy. Um, vomit-inducing, uh, you know, it, allegedly immersive VR, and then they went off and waited for the, the technologies surrounding them to mature to the point where we can actually deliver on some of the promises. So we've got Valve coming to the table. We have Facebook, who is running Oculus Rift now, and uh, Sony's got Project Morpheus. Yeah, and they're all in the next year and a half coming to market. So they have the one approach of taking your smart device and socking it, socketing it into a mechanism, which is, I believe, Valve's approach. And also, I don't H think that's no, right. Anymore. Me, no, that's HTC's. HTC has their um, product that has also been uh, talked about a great deal lately, where it brings additional computing power to bear. But basically, the, the, the display and the main computing part is the smart device that gives you one version. Then you have the complete solution in the form of something like Oculus, where it's an entire rig and um, headset, and they're, they're still at last report doing the version with the cameras around the room mapping you. Um, and there's some effort on the part of the different developers to come up with a standard interface so that you're not, so they can be one set of software released for these things that can play on all of them, because right now there is no standard. Everyone is kind of going their own way. Um, so we'll see if they're able to agree on some kind of standard which will allow developers to develop once and with maybe a minimum of porting, move it from platform to platform, which will only, you know, the rising tide raising all ships if they can get enough content there. Because the technology is great, but if there's nothing to play on it, nothing interesting happening that you can plug into it other than a few demo reels, no one's going to care. So we'll see if they can get everybody to agree on a standard. That'll be huge if they can actually pull that off. Yeah. True. We'll see. I'm just, I'm, this is one where you really have to experience it because I've never had one of these things on my face. So it's all <laughs> theoretical to me. What? Nothing. Does what it says, says what it does, woman. Were you thinking brain slugs, Daxa? <laughs> no. Facehugger. She was thinking facehugger. You know you were thinking facehugger. Sure. We'll go with that. Or my wife, one or the other. But anyway. Goodness. Um, so this is all theoretical, theoretical to me. And you speak to someone who has had one of these modern iterations on and have experienced some of the software, and they can't shut up about it. So it's obviously a very impactful experience, um, but it's, it's hard to sell that you know, with like a television advertisement. Right. So all you can show is an artist's rendering of what it might be like and until you actually experience it. So that, that's their challenge is how do we get enough people churned through where the word gets out that, no, this is the next big thing. You have to try this. It is the coolest thing ever. Um, that's, that, that challenge lies before them still. So yep. hopefully I can get near one of these demos at some point and see what all the fuss is about. The thing I'm looking at, though, is if everyone if this becomes a thing that a lot of people are going for, we're all going to have to have holodeck-type 
empty rooms in our houses just to have these things playable. So you can thrash around in it without, without being in danger of running into things. With minimal, yeah, minimal damage. Um, the uh, I, I think you are pretty much right on the Oculus one. Uh, uses uh, I think it's a single camera, though, and so does the Sony PlayStation one. Okay. It uses a camera and senses the device. The thing that I thought was really cool about the Valve one is they have these two little boxes that you actually put up in two different corners of the room mm-hmm. that shoot lasers and lasers lasers and scan and scan the entire room and represented in your vr and then the room uh the headset itself is covered in and uh the things you hold in your hands for your controllers have mirrors on it so it can detect where all those are at all times in the 3d space you know at light the speed of light essentially Mm -hmm. and uh when they were talking about how when they were um in that uh, the valve one, if they got too close to the wall that the room knew where all the walls and 3D objects in the room were, uh, like you say, if there was a couch or a coffee table in the room with you, it would pop through like uh, a real like image. A, it would, like it would, a wireframe would pop, of it would pop through in your game or whatever no, you were doing. It wasn't go, a okay, wireframe. The couches there back up. You know? It wasn't a wireframe. It was an actual, it would switch from VR mode to AR mode. Oh right, and it would actually show you, and and the 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 sofa would fade into your vision, saying, "Dude, you get yeah. too close to the sofa." Or the I don't wall. know if I want that much interaction with my game. I mean, mm. there's certain games you want sofa. that type of interaction with, you know, dance games, things like that. But I just again, I'm in the same place. Until we experience it, I don't yeah. think we're gonna get it. And you're just thinking about games. I mean, it has a million applications. Yes, not the least yeah. of which is porn, but. <laughs> You would. That's the obvious one. <laughs> what? Yeah, okay, but first of all, in my opinion, then you don't need a plain white room. Okay, that... then you need a room with nothing in it. Not only a room with nothing in it, you need a bigger. You probably need something more like a chair to sit in, so it manipulates your movements too. Because if you want to run, you can't run in a you know five foot room. You never go full lawnmower man. Okay, just Ex- don't. Nope. just don't. And this, br- this just calls into question the whole content of the of software version of the GOAT simulator. So we're going to get off the topic. <laughs> uh, and we're at, we've, on that bombshell, it's time to end anyway. So, okay. Thank Boom. you. Thank you for joining us for this um, GOAT-infested <laughs> virtual reality edition of Casually Hardcore. You can find us on the web. In the usual places, alphageekradio.com. If you want to investigate all the myriad ways you can tune us in live and in repeat on all kinds of different devices, yes, you can play it on your potato. Go to tunein.alphageekradio.com. Thank you to all the volunteers on alphageekradio.reddit.com who comb the web and bring us interesting stories to check out every single week. We appreciate it, and we thank you for it. You can find us on Twitter, alphageekradio for the network. Hardcore casuals for the show. I am on there as Gnomewise. Grail is on there as Izzy Grail. It's I Z Z Y G R A I L. And Dax is C H D A K S A, not D A X A C H. And Barry Von Awesome. Because he is the Barry Von Awesome. But he's actually just Barry Von Awesome on Twitter. Send your emails to the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. If you enjoy what we do and you feel you get some value from the show or from the network, we would love to have you as one of our patrons. Go to patreon.com slash alphageek and send us a buck a month, whatever you can spare or whatever value you feel you get out of the content we provide that helps us keep the station running. 
helps us offset travel costs when we go to conventions on your behalf. All those things we appreciate. Every single one of you, thank you, thank you, and thank you. Another way you can donate to the show without actually having to donate to the show. If you're going to shop on Amazon anyway, and this goes, we have uh, one for the UK and one for the US, just go to alphageekradio.com on the right-hand side. Use the search tools there to begin the search for whatever you're going to buy, and we will get a little cut of that transaction every single time without it costing you anything extra, and that will help us out to keep things, keep things streaming and very easy for you to do, and we appreciate when you do. I think that's all of it. Nice. Well, it helps when I write it down, you know, and actually have checklists and things. Mm-hmm. Technology, it is your friend. Now, things are going to be weird for the next couple of weeks because... <laughs> two dragons. Two dragons. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Every time someone says like it's going to get a little especially weird. Especially you. Don't feel bad about that. Just... <laughs> Steer this ship in the Ritalin Bay, and the <laughs> TED conference is coming up. Ah. And mm. so I've got to get on an airplane to Vancouver on Thursday. Okay. So, depending on how things go, uh, we'll determine whether or not we have a show the next two weeks. Right. Um, because it's a huge question mark because we are in a brand new venue again with a completely new production team this time. I don't think we have a single returning person. I think my brother and I are the through line from previous years. God help us being the bearers of institutional knowledge. Um, the conversations we've had with the IT department at the com convention center have been really promising so far, so I'm hoping that they're very competent and all will go swimmingly well, and I will be able to break away to do at least a one-hour show at the regular time. Or things could go horribly off the rails, and I could, I'll maybe be able to make time to make a tweet saying there's not going to be a show. So, if I am not able to do a show, I apologize in advance to all involved. Uh, we will return two weeks hence um, if things do go badly, um, failing the, or so just keep your eye on the front page of alphageekradio.com or just follow the, the various Twitter accounts and we'll put announcements out once it becomes clear what is going to happen. So it's going to be weird. There might be shows recorded at strange times released on weird times. We'll try to get something out there for you. Just wanted to let you know that some of this may be outside of my control. <laughs> just saying in any event, I have been no noise. I have been Dexa. And I've been Grail. And I have been Barry. He's getting good at that, you know? Yeah. Repetition, repetition, repetition. The Department of Redundancy Department. We, therefore, are out of here. Bye-bye, radio people. Bombardita, 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 bombardita,